All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Unleash, the most legit Celtics podcast in the game. I'm your host, Ev, and we have episode number 108 for you today. And we got a lot to get to. The Celtics won the play-in game. Let's go. There's the applause. Then the Celtics, you know, that play-in game results in them now having to go and play against the two-seed Brooklyn. But nonetheless, we're going to get into all of that on today's show. I'll give you sort of my, you know, updated predictions on where I see this team going. But um, before we do that, I'm going to ask you guys, if you are watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, like this video, and go ahead, as you always do, if you disagree with me or agree with me, Hopefully you agree with me. If you disagree or agree with me, drop it in the comments down below. If you're listening to the audio version on Apple Podcast or Spotify, make sure you're subscribed there, rating five stars and following along as well. But like I said, jam-packed episode. We got some voicemails to play later on today as well. But we're not getting there just yet. I got to tell you, this this episode is brought to you by the Guy Boston Sports Store. You can save 20% off site-wide, no minimum, no restrictions, 20% off site-wide at GuyBostonSports.com slash store. You use the promo code UNL, simple code, three letters, UNL, 20% off over on GuyBostonSports.com slash store. That link will be in the description of this video and of this podcast as well. So let's get right to it. Before we talk about the play-in, before we talk about um, the Celts and the Nets facing off in the first round of the 2021 NBA playoffs, I want to talk about something that I, I don't even... It's, it's annoying to me that we're even going to have to talk about this, but the Kemba Walker, don't tread on me flag jacket that he had on the fact that that's become a story it's almost annoying to me because well here here's my honest take on it so if you haven't seen it I'll pop a picture up for the YouTube crowd here Kemba Walker you know leaving or coming to whatever it was was wearing a don't tread on me flag jacket whatever you want to call it it was pretty much the don't tread on me flag but jacket version um and then he caught some heat for it and then he's come on like i didn't know what that meant i thought it was a cool jacket i like the logo and it made sense for the playoffs match the shoes blah 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 putting aside even if i believe him or not about what he thought it meant and whatnot to me it's like and if you don't know what don't tread on me is i guess you know i'd be lying if i said it wasn't associated with like the far right politically right and i'm no political guru but if anyone really was that triggered by Kemba Walker wearing a jacket, I feel like that's when, you know, you got to look in the mirror because if you weren't looking at Kemba Walker for political advice or political news or his political stance before this, then I don't understand why you'd be triggered by it after the fact. Like, no one has made the claim that Kemba Walker is this political junkie, right? No, he's freaking Kemba Walker. He's a basketball player. So why do you have to get, you know... Whether you love it or hate it, why do you have to get so triggered or enamored by the fact that he's wearing that jacket? Like, I get the message that that sends. I get that it's going to rub people the wrong way. I would never wear it, obviously. But who cares? Like, who cares that Kemba Walker had that jacket on? It's Kemba Walker. No one thinks Kemba Walker's running for president in 2024 or whatever. So... That's where you got to like pump the brakes and be like, oh yeah, like maybe this is this day and age in social media where people get worked up over nothing. Maybe that's a really good example. That's a really good example right there. A guy caught on camera leaving the facility in a jacket. That's the story. 
<laughs> and because of what the jacket had on it, people are up in a frenzy about Kemba Walker, and he had to apologize, and we're talking about it on the podcast. To me, it just doesn't make sense. It's a who cares moment because, again, whether you agree with, like, this is so far removed from actually the, the flag and its meaning, it's it's it comes down to Kemba Walker. If you didn't care about Kemba Walker politically before, I don't see why that should change anything. But, hey, we got to do it out there. We got we got to do our due diligence. Enough people, you know, send it to me on Twitter and tweeted at me saying like, "What's your take on this?" Um, and to be honest, it, it runs. I don't have a take. Like, I'm not, I'm not political. I'm a dumb dumb when it comes to politics. So to me, it's like a who cares type of a move. It's not like he he you know. He, I feel like Kemba Walker could could have done a lot worse by putting stuff on a jacket if he really was, you know what some people are calling him. So to me, it's a who cares moment. Kemba Walker isn't a politic uh, politician, uh, so you shouldn't really dive that much into it. But let's get to the good stuff here. Celtics win the play-in game. Jason Tatum goes for 50 points. Kemba Walker, the, the far-right extremist, <laughs> goes for 29 points. Um, and that's good. That's the good part of that game. They won the playing game. Their, you know, their playoff hopes still continue. Tatum goes for 50. Like I said, Kemba goes for 29. Great. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But I got to break something down here because it isn't a good sign moving forward and I shouldn't be dropping anyone's jaw right now. You should already know this. But even though Kemba went or Kemba went for 29, Tatum went for 50, and the Celtics won pretty handily by the end of that game against the Wizards in the play-in, there's some serious negatives and things that don't aren't, aren't going to bode well for the Celtics moving forward, if I'm being completely honest. Outside of Tristan Thompson, who had an uptick of minutes because Robert Williams got... Um, got you know, injured or bumped and bruised during that game. The bench, and I might have this number off by a couple points, but pretty much, you know, I might, I think I have it spot on. Who knows? The bench scored eight points outside of Tristan Thompson. Eight points. So that means I look at that and I say, wow, there's a lot of factors in that game and a win's a win. It is what it is, right? But if Jason Tatum doesn't go for 50, if Kemba doesn't go for 29, if Bradley Beal doesn't stink, if Russell Westbrook doesn't stink, that series or that game, I should say, could have gone a little bit differently. Tatum goes for 30. Kemba goes for 20. All of a sudden, that's literally almost 40 points just gone, <laughs> which is crazy. But then you go and see, you know, um, Russell Westbrook and, and what Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook combined for, like 40-something points. If one of them has a good game, that could have flipped. So I'm not trying to be the, the Debbie Downer there, but I don't know how that bodes moving forward. Like, there's still such so many issues on this team, and, and we pride this podcast on covering this team, like I'll let you guys know when I'm being a green teamer and when I'm totally biased. It's happened hundreds of times throughout the episodes of this show, right? But I also pride it on coming to you with a no bullshit approach, a no BS approach. Let me be transparent. And I can't just act Celtics hoorah, rah, rah, rah about this team right now after winning the playing game. I'm, I'm I'm happy. Like, I think that that's great. It's a good sign that Tatum drops 50. Kemba stepped up when he needed to. But there's still things that were bugging me during that game. Evan Fournier, who I, I we as Celtics fans need him to at least fill a little bit of that Jalen Brown role um, in terms of the scoring, at least. And that was a good question brought up on the post-game show. So if you don't tune in to my post-game show after every single Celtics game live, on YouTube, on the Guy Boston Sports YouTube, make sure you're tuning in. We have awesome talks after every single Celtics game. I was asked, you know, what percentage of Jalen Brown does Evan Fournier need to fill for the Celtics to even have a chance of beating Brooklyn? And we'll talk Brooklyn specific in a second, but in terms of Evan Fournier stepping up and 
fulfilling what Jalen Brown was doing? I said like 110%, to be honest, because you got to look at it this way. Evan Fournier, and this is no slight to him. It's more or less, you know, gassing up Jalen Brown in this instance. Evan Fournier is already a tier below Jalen Brown in terms of basketball player right now. So if Evan Fournier plays 100% of himself, it still is only going to be 80% of Jalen, that type of thing. So Evan Fournier, you know, ipso facto, don't even know if I'm using that right. Evan Fournier needs to pretty much go above and beyond what he usually does to even come close to really fulfilling that Jalen Brown role as the the third guy or on some nights, on some nights, the second guy or hell, some nights, the first guy. It's going to be super, 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 super tough without Jalen Brown. Like, I honestly believe the playoff sort of hope died when Jalen Brown got injured. But hey. That's neither here nor there. The question's specific to Evan Fournier, and that's my answer. 105, 110%. That was one thing that I just didn't like seeing. Like, Evan Fournier go for, I think it was eight points or something. Like, I need, when Evan Fournier is aggressive, this team's pretty good. And I've said that all along. Evan Fournier is the type of guy that's going to help a good team, but I don't know if he's going to pull a bad team out of the dumpster, you know? So, love Fournier, um, but I need him to, to step it up. He's got an amazing first name. Same as me. Love the soundboard. But the next thing I noticed was this rotation, and I get it. Robert Williams gets injured. Jalen just got injured. Like, the, the rotation, I get it. Brad has a lot on his plate to deal with. But Peyton Pritchard being one of the first guys off the bench, and we're not going to include garbage time here, but being one of the first guys off the bench playing four minutes and then not even sniffing the hardwood for the rest of the game, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't make sense to me. It, it That tells me when you bring a guy in, you know, as your backup point guard, and then he doesn't even play the rest of the game, that tells me that, like, your rotation, you're kind of, like, juggling the rotation. You don't know what to do, and you still haven't figured it out, and I get it. Injuries suck. Injuries are really, really bad. It, it, it throws a wrench in things, but how about some sort of concrete or some sort of consistency, right? That's, that's where I get kind of like, oh, man, Brad, just, like, in terms of rotation, he's in over his head. Um... I like some of the moves he's doing, you know, like like getting Aaron Neesmith some run, sitting Grant Williams. But some of these rotational plays are just so weird to me. Like, so weird to me. Like, bringing in Pritchard, for example, like I've talked about, for four minutes and then sitting him for the rest of the game. It's like, did he really look that bad? And if so, that means, like, you really don't have a rotation. You're just throwing guys out there and seeing what sticks. Tonight, Peyton Pritchard didn't stick, so let me put him back in the toilet instead of on the wall. It just doesn't make sense to me. So those are sort of the negatives. Like some things I was noticing that just like, ah, uh, don't love it. But like I said, a win is a win. I'll take the play and win. If they lost that game, I honestly believe they, I, I've said all along they were going to win that playing game. Like I think a lot of Celtics fans were, they're just so much better than that team. If they'd lost that game and then had to play Indiana or Charlotte, but now we know it's Indiana in that nine, um, the, the, the nine versus whoever the loser that game is game. I think that they would win that too, but I feel like that's demoralizing to a point where it's like, oh, we lost the first game. At least now they were the seventh seed. They won the game handily to be the seventh seed. They feel like they belong where they are right now. It would be a little demoralizing to lose that first game, even win the second game, and then be like, ah, oh, man, we slipped up a little bit. So I'm glad that they at least you know took the dub there, and it's good. But let's move on to talking about the Nets, and I guess before I even get into my take um, why don't we play some voicemail? So let's do that. And if you guys do want to leave a voicemail for next episode, make sure to call the number 617 302 
And like I always say, feel free to plug whatever the hell you got going on. I really don't care. You want to plug You want to plug your own podcast or anything like that? You want to call in and provide me content? The least I can do is let you plug your stuff. All right, here we go. First voicemail. What's up, Ev? Steven Taylor from Virginia. Realistic expectation for the Celtics against the Nets. Hopefully we can pull out a game. The Nets will not let Jason Tatum go for 50 every game. I hope everybody realizes that. With our roster, we cannot expect to compete with the Brooklyn Nets. They're a championship-built team, and especially without Jalen Brown, we just are not. So five games, everything's going good. But if not, if the Celtics come out, play lax, play lazy, it's Tatum versus everybody, or it's Tatum and Kemba versus everybody, we're going to get swept, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we hate to hear it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to uh, directly respond to the voicemail just yet because we got another one to play, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my take on the series right after this. So here, next voicemail. Shout out to Steven for calling in. Next voicemail from Sean. Hey, Ev, it's Sean. I just wanted to call about the Celtics net series. We are fucked. All right. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Well, shout out to Steven. Shout out to Sean. I hate to say it, but I'm just as optimistic as they are. Um, I think uh, the the most likely situation, and this is just most likely. I'm not saying that, you know, I want it to happen or I'm rooting for it to happen or think it's definitely going to happen. Most likely situation is Brooklyn is that much better and they do sweep the Celtics because I am. And that isn't even necessarily against the Celtics, to be completely honest. Like, I'm not, I'm not in the boat of, oh, I want them to lose. They suck. They suck. I'm almost saying this to gas up the Nets. Like, I think, and everyone knows how good they are, I still think we're yet to see the best Nets basketball. And I hate saying that, you know, with Durant there and Kyrie there for sure and Harden. Like, I hate being the guy that's like, oh, the Nets are so good, but they are so good. And we haven't even seen the real Nets yet, which is kind of sort of scary to think about. So to me, where I land is a win in terms of, oh, we can leave the season with a little bit of, you know, satisfaction or a little, we can leave on a a good note, not even a high note. Don't get swept. And even if you do get swept, I want this to be a competitive series. Now, you might be saying, how could it be a competitive series if they get swept? I'm talking about not getting your doors kicked in one through four games. If you can compete with this team, but just, you know, the ball doesn't bounce your way and they just show they are the better team and you have injuries and Brad Stevens doesn't have glaring coaching issues, like, it's okay to get beat by a better team, especially when the expectations are so low for a team. So I'm not going to fault the Celtics for, you know, losing to the Nets, for example. What I will fault them for is if they say, hey, we are outmatched here, say after the first half of game one, and they say, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get our vacation underway. I'm going to roll over and die. That I'll be mad about because I don't care. You're in the playoffs now. This isn't the regular season. Every game's going to matter. If you have the, the nutless sack to say, okay, I'm just going to roll over and die and not continue to fight, not continue to play because we're going to lose inevitably, that's where you lose me because even if you know you're going to lose, how about a, hey, let's go out fighting. Let's go down swinging. And that's kind of where I am with Celtics fandom right now too. Like, I know this team isn't as good as I want them to be. I know we're walking up to the nets and probably going to get sucker punched. But I'm still rooting for the win. I'm still watching every single minute of every single game, every single damn dribble. So go in there and fight. Fight. 
fight, contend with, not contend for a championship, contend for that win. You don't have to win it, but contend for it. So my prediction is the Celtics go five games with the Nets, and that is airing on the drinking the Kool-Aid side. I know there's big Twitter accounts out there, and like they're just annoyingly being like, oh, Celtics in three, Celtics in five, Celtics. Like, if that happens, we're all going to be pumped but I just feel like this whole year we've we've let our expectations get the best of us and it's led to more animosity towards the Celtics. Like early on, if we said, you know what, this team just isn't as good as we want. If we just didn't expect big things out of this team, no one would really be that hateful of this team. So me trying to get ahead of the game here, I'm going to go in rooting for this team. Like I know this is me walking into a bar fight to a six foot guy or six foot five guy and he's 300 pounds and I'm saying, let's go, let's fight. Knowing I'm going to get my ass handed to me, but I'm still going to go in and fight. Like that's what I'm doing as a fan. I know that we're walking up to that six foot five guy, but I'm still going to fight him. (laughs) Not me. The Celtics are. (laughs) That analogy probably, uh, wasn't the best, but you do get what I'm saying. It's like, I know the, the results are probably, you know, already written. But you still got basketball to play. Let's not embarrass ourselves. Let's not wimp out and puss out. Like, let's go play some basketball and see if we can steal one. See if Jason Tatum can drop 60 on Kyrie's head and steal one. Then all of a sudden, you go into the offseason being like, you know what? We just weren't as good of a team as them, but there were positives to pull. If they go and get swept and like dog walked by the Nets and they roll over and die, you're going to leave that game, that series, this whole season being like, screw this team. They didn't show anything. So if you show me a little bit of oomph to end the season, even if you lose, I'm cool with that. So my expectations are low. My hopes are high. My confidence is low, but my determination is high. Like, I don't know how to, to phrase it, but I'm, I'm ready to win every single game. I just know it's not going to happen. And I think it's just the realistic fan in me. Um, and honestly, if if you're one of the people that honestly think the Celtics win this series, you're going to end up being let down. Like, why not do this? Why not be in my boat where it's like, I'm not hating on this team. My expectations are just low for this series. I'm not hate. I don't want them to lose. I'm not saying, oh my God, no shot. I just think realistically, they have a very, very small chance of even winning a game against the Nets. Maybe they will, but that'd be great. I'm not expecting it so that if and when or when it happens, I'm going to be even more excited. Same thing with this series. Hell, if the Celtics go and beat the Nets in round one, say the Celtics sweep the Nets, for God's sakes, I'm going to be more excited than the person that expected the Celtics to win in seven games. You know, like as long as the fandom's still there, the love for the team's still there, you can't turn to the hateful side of it. And if I was on here being like, oh, the Celtics suck, they're going to get swept. And then they go and win. Then there's that sort of weird, you know, balance. But what I'm saying is the Nets are so damn good and the Celtics have a lot going on. That's why they're going to get swept. The Celtics are not as good as the Nets. And it's just as much me saying the Nets are good as me saying the Celtics are bad. It's not hateful towards the Celtics. It's just realistic. So anyways, guys, I think that's going to do it for episode 108. Thank you very much for watching or listening. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. I don't know what you're doing if you're not hitting the subscribe button. I don't... Hey. Your choice, but it's a bad choice. We'll be completely honest. You get a womp womp for it. So hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. And let me know your predictions on this series in the comments down below. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you're subscribed or following there. And I'll catch you guys in the next one.